Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He's unpredictable. He's relentless. He's fearless. He's smart. He's a jerk. Oh, man, what a jerk. How would you describe Kirk Minahan? He's talented. He's blunt. He's complicated. He's the fakest tough guy I know. He's honest. A self-proclaimed weenie. He's angry. He's actually a good guy. He's a psycho big-mouth prick. I wish we had more Kirk Minahans. How would you describe Kirk Minahan? Combustible. Unpredictable. Venomous. Chesty. Obnoxious. Selfish. Polarizing. Pompous. Enough about me. Let's get to the show. It's Kirk Minahan's Enough About Me. So I tweeted out... uh, Maybe a week ago, uh, uh, about this book, The End of Your Life Club. Mm. And I have, you know, I'm not Tommy Curran or uh, Justin Bieber, but I have a decent Twitter Twitter follow of, you know, I have like six, 700 people on Twitter that follow me or something. Yeah. Who knows what the number is? The only person who responded to me in any form or fashion about it was you. Yeah. Are you are you a uh, a big reader? It's insane. I don't know what it is. It's what do you just, mean? I read, read, Me too. read, read, read. It's it's gotten out of control. Once I got a Kindle, well, you got I mean, a Kindle? No, I, I need a book. I need. Well, I, you I, say I, that. One has so... been get, no, one has been given to me, uh, and uh, but I I am old school. I am. I need a book in my hand. I'm always reading like two or three books at once. Too. Have That's you the yet other thing. met a reader who doesn't say like an avid reader who doesn't say I'm old school? I need the book. No, it's no. kind of like a kind of an asshole thing to so say. So it's not that big of an asshole thing to say. But the thing about a Kindle is you can download a book on Hirohito and spend two nights on it and say this is I can't do this, and you just are immediately what in does the that store. Hirohito. I. You bring I got into the underground world. No, no, no. I got no. into a big history thing. I, you know, read oh, all. Oh, Hirohito. The... So I thought you meant this is like a like a like a okay, no, 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 himself. Yeah, Hirohito. Like separate. Like, I got Kindle into this world big World War II biographies and um, historical stuff. Right. And I started reading Hirohito. I'm like, this sucks. This is just. I, I don't feel like reading all of this. You switch to another book within three seconds. You've got another book downloaded. Nine dollars ninety nine cents, and you're on your way on something else. What happened is with the end of your life book club, which right. I started reading that you recommended. You know, it was a little syrupy. I'm still reading it. I'll go back to it, but right. in the por- course of reading it, this book other recommends books. other books, and right. I recommended this book, Continental Drift, Russell by a writer named Russell Banks. Was, yes. was so depressing, but it speaks to people really kind of in our age where you're like, yes. what, what are we doing? It's a great book. Uh, after 30. And then now I'm on to another Russell Banks book called Rule of Bone, which I started yep. reading last night. So, Sweet Hereafter is excellent, too. So I'm just just blasting off on these books. Do you ever read uh, uh, sports books ever or no? Rarely. Me either. It's funny. The just... first book I downloaded was uh, the Rocket book. Jeff well, Perlman. Jeff book. Perlman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I read, like, but it's know, way back. I remember that was the first one I read on my Kindle. Right. Go my ahead. problem with my problem with biographies. When I, so I mean, I like you. I read all the time. So I'll pick up a biography. The worst part of biographies, though, are like the first. Like I don't care about these biographies that go back. Forget about the who, guy who they played stickball with. When they're, but their grandfather and their. I want to get to page. Like, tell me when the action starts, and I'll jump in. That's that that. that I bet you I've spent two years of my life in biography backstories. If you add it all up. And I don't need it. It's like sitting in traffic. Right. I don't need it. How about, though, if you read Namath? Excellent book. But that, but or that, Pistol. Those were good. Same writer. 
Right. Mark, right. Mark Kriegel. Because right. there's there's conflict there in yes. both of those. And with Namath, there's a lot untold that you didn't know right. beyond like what an unbelievable athlete he was. But Maravich's youth is interesting because he was so great though. Yeah. You know, but he got into press's family's history in friggin' Lithuania or whatever the hell yeah. I mean, that to me gets a little I wanna you know, I wanna get I want to get to the course. That's that's, but that's the and I. They asked me not to swear too much when I was on here. That was the only Who? thing. Huh? Who asked you that? My boss. No, we're good. We're all fine. No, no, I gave my heads up. You know, that's the thing with you. What do you mean? I, I mean, I got to give my heads up. I mean, I I'm had, still under the auspices, under the umbrella of Comcast. I like, had lunch with a Comcast people last week. Of course. And I, hey, I'm going on with. No, we're fine. You know, Kirk. You know, we're fine with Kirk. Who do you, you know? talk to? Me? Yeah. Who's the person Kevin. you talk to? Oh, well, we get along great. Kevin. Oh, I know. Yeah. But when I, I said, hey, I just figure it's probably smart for me to give a heads up. That seems reasonable. Kirk, Kirk was a third rail situation there for a minute or two. Uh, well, yeah. So I'm just going oh, on. Is that okay? Swear. Yeah, really? he said, can you stay away from the swearing a little bit? Really? He didn't say don't swear. Right. Are you one of these guys? So, you know, you're on the radio fairly often. You're on TV, although it's mostly, well, it's usually taped, right? The show, it's portions of. Right. Are you a phone guy if I talk? I don't think we've ever talked on the phone. Are you a phone guy where, like, I'll talk to Jerry, right? So we're on the radio all day together. And I talk on the phone with Jerry, and it's, eh, fucking, fucking, fucking this. Yeah, fucking un- Dino, un- fucking, is it, is, is everything fuck? Yeah. 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 Do you feel ashamed about that? Only because I have three sons who are 19, 18, 17, and. They um, all swear like that, though. Yeah. They have to. I mean, they must. They do. Right. They do. Would and- you? Are you a dad who swears with your kids? Yeah. Really? I'm worried about that with my kids. Well, that happened, you know, it probably happened around 13, 14, 15, because they were with me all the time. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be like, hey, cool dad, I'm, I'm on the same level, That's and we're doing things about. together. Right. Uh, and there are times when I have to correct a little bit, when somebody says, whoa, 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 whoa. But, you know, riding along and, you know, somebody, this fucking guy. Right. And I'm like, hey, 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 hey. And, of course, my wife, who's terrific wife she mm-hmm. just really has an issue with it like the other night my son came home at twelve forty. he's 16 you have to be home at twelve thirty. rule 12 40 um and he's he's a pusher of the rules so he will come strolling in at twelve forty. yeah and before he's in i just and i don't normally go to levels eight nine or ten you turn into like John Lithgow and Footloose when he came in late. Yeah, I went. Yeah. I went to eight, nine, or ten just because right. you know you lose your your license for a month. For a month. Yeah, you lose your license for a month through the state. You have. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. I think that this is the current family policy. Yeah, and it's I just he's he's showing up continually at twelve twenty nine, right, or twelve thirty on the dot. So I'm like, you're not giving yourself enough time. I've talked to you about, but but, 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 but I unloaded about. 13, 14 f bombs really? at a high decibel at twelve forty. What's the punishment? See, and this is where I said, you know, I said, you're home at twelve fifteen, and if you're home at twelve sixteen, you're losing your license for two weeks. Well, I mean, you know. and then as he's walking away, I go, and that's a pussy punishment too. You still got a pussy punishment. Twelve thirty is a little late, isn't it? No, yeah, he's seventeen. He turned seventeen yesterday. No, that's I true. Mean, yeah, I, you know, they, I'm, they're good kids. I got three boys. They're, they're good guys. You know, I, yeah, I give them, I give them a fair amount of rope. Um. The, you, know, you catch a break as being a football writer. If you were a baseball beat writer, you couldn't do any of this shit. You couldn't write. You couldn't read books. You can't nope. do anything. Your life is totally and screwed. you know what? When I was in the Metro West Daily News in like late 90s, I was interviewing at the Herald the same time Jeff Horrigan was trying to get the, the baseball job um, at the Herald. Right. 
and Tony Maz was there, and I remember I had an hour and a half conversation with with him about you know how can I get this job? What makes me marketable? You know, I wanted the job. Because I wanted to get from the Metro West Daily News to the next stop. How long have you been at Metro West Daily News at that point? Since 97, so probably three, Couple of years, four yeah. years. Yeah. And, I, you know, you're making $35,000 with three kids. Right. And right. you got to move on. Yeah. So I would have done anything. Yeah. But Christ. I mean, you look at, that's the interesting no, I, thing I about and stuff. It, and, and by the way, I'll let you, but that's like pre-Twitter, pre-internet. Like it's the beat was easier even then than it is now. Oh, baseball? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was hard then, but. But, you know, compared to now even. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, you were writing two stories. I mean, how long is it? We're, we're supposed to really write. If I don't write two to five stories a day, I feel like, you know, I didn't do anything. You mean like right now? Yeah. Even still today? Why this is draft week? Well, here's I the mean- thing. With, we're all at NBC Sports, at all the regional RSNs, which the Comcast has right. eight of them. We're supposed to use the pro football talk model. With oh, Mike like, Florio, like which this, is the four, four paragraph words, whatever. Not Use the news, right. aggregate the news, pull the pull the portions right. out, and then give your own spin to it. Right. So that's not what we're supposed to do, but that's the idea. Keep feeding your talk blog, as it's called, yep. uh, all day long, and it works. Mm-hmm. That 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 works. Yeah, no question. Work. That's those are total bait candy. Yeah. So do you like doing this? Sometimes, but sometimes I feel like I re- would rather be a news gatherer. You know, the opportunity to make calls and and. Um, you can't do that? Oh, yeah, you can. No, I know, but you But the return been... on calls. Right. Like, oh, gotcha. You know, like, for instance, I'm working on something right now uh, about Jimmy Garoppolo. Because every time we have people say, you know, why don't the Patriots trade Jimmy Garoppolo? You get people back, you know, um, you can move him on. He'd certainly be, you know, a person you could move when you get up close to the draft, when you see the guys who are being drafted. So yeah. why don't the Patriots flip him into a one or a two? So... You can call four or five GMs, as I did, or text them and see if they'll call you back. But then you're waiting, waiting, waiting for them to call you back and give right. you the information so you can move on the story. Meanwhile, you got a friggin' blog here that's swimming around needs to be fed. Right. So that's why you sometimes get away from the information gathering and the longer stories. You worried? Not worried, but do you know that in three, four, five years, it's just not going to matter as much as it does now? The Patriots? The Patriots. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about the run that you've, you know. So when was your first year on the beat? 97. So from 90, and, and I would, you know, I know they had Carroll, they had we were 8-8 eight eight one year or whatever, and, you know, but since Parcells, really since Parcells got here to today, it's been, I think, either 1 or 1A one in town. I mean, the last 10 years, forget it. In the last year and a half, it's never, I've never seen a sport like this ever in this city. Since the Mortensen Report came out to even now, oh, right. it has been friggin' unbelievable. Forget Hernandez and Tebow and all that. I mean, it's been insane. You have a guy who might have murdered three people, is alleged to have, right. in Aaron Hernandez. And that story is, if you looked at a graph, you know, a line graph, it barely spikes compared to what has happened when oh, okay. they win Super Bowl. I mean, this right. is... But what has surrounded this team is, is unfathomable. You know, beyond the, the Super Bowls, you know... You have the best coach of his generation. You have the best quarterback, perhaps, of all time, quarter, coach of all time as mm-hmm. well. Um, a dynasty that has certainly, I believe, trumped what the San Francisco 49ers did from 1981 to 94, 94 95. Right. Has trumped what Lombardi's Packers did. Yep. Has trumped what the Steelers <clears throat> did. Mm-hmm. And I just happen to be in the right place at the right time to cover the team that I grew up rooting for and that I grew up following. This is exactly what I wanted to do. So, yeah, it's going to fall off the table. 
But consider this. Do you know how much, and this is, you know, we're not supposed to talk about this. I said this to Greg Bedard once um, about making the point that, do you understand how much money the Patriots have made us, how successful oh. they've made, <laughs> how successful they've made media members? And Greg, you know, I like Greg. Right. He goes, ah, you know, it's not them. You know, it's us. I'm like, Greg, if we were covering the Cardinals, there would be no quick slants if you're in Jacksonville, man. Right? I wouldn't be at Comcast. No, I wouldn't because be, I wouldn't right. have gone to because I wouldn't have get, been getting television reps in the early 2000s, and then I wouldn't have been on the goddamn radio, and then I wouldn't have gone to NBC Sports, and then I wouldn't have been at Comcast. No question, it has changed everything. All we want to create is football content right now at Comcast. I know, yeah, because it creates so much. Well, it's given. I mean, you know, I just signed a deal recently, and it was off the heels of a great book that was during the Patriots season. I mean, and if there were no Patriots or if they sucked, we wouldn't be doing the numbers we were doing in the fall. It's, it's, I've never seen a level of attention. There's nothing even close to it. And I can't put my – I know the game is great to watch on TV, and I guess it's because of that. I guess because of Brady and Belichick, and also I think because fans finally said, you know what, we actually are getting fucked. It's us against the world. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I don't know what else I can come – because – you know, it, it was great before that, and, 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 but it does feel like the interest now is even higher. And there has to be a ceiling. I mean, I think we've arrived at the ceiling. I don't know how much more intense it can get. Now, Brady's, you know, if Brady gets suspended for four games, mm-hmm. I guess it all starts again. Well, it starts again, but I think that the end game becomes fascinating in terms of how it plays out. That'll be yeah. just incredible. I mean, when... When Brady retires, and I had certainly speculated that 2017 was going to be kind of a witching hour because if they hadn't redone him and they allowed him and Garoppolo to be on this right. um, intersection of expiring contracts, it was going to get pretty dramatic. But now right. that's not going to happen. But you look at the whole thing's been Shakespearean, the whole friggin' thing. If you look at how it started, you know, a player that nobody wanted, a coach that nobody liked. Right. Um, they create something, and then the darlings of the NFL, within three years, you know, the, the ruling class right. loathes them, finds a reason and a way to entrap them. Right. It was Spygate. They respond to that with, you know, I mean, the whole friggin' thing. You can't it's write it. Wild. If you And I'm only up to 07 with that shit. <laughs> and then, then in 2008, the guy blows his knee out. I mean, true. this has been as interesting as you could find. I mean, find another track. I mean, the Jordan Jordan's career, sure. He I'd leaves. He leaves. Dad, dad gets murdered. Right. Baseball leaves. Baseball comes back. Wins three more. Rodman, I guess. But you know that Bulls run of actual greatness because it took Jordan a while to get there was seven years. But the content, of yeah, I mean, there was the, the yeah, storyline, right. the arc yes. of it is just totally different than oh, completely. You know, this has been the the just the dramatic peaks and valleys of it is interesting as hell. Have you tried to contact Hernandez at all? For an interview? No, I no? haven't, and I ought We were to. talking about that the other day. Was somebody, because it's been, Jesus, three years? Is that right, this summer? 2013, yeah, it'll be this. Three years this summer, and he hasn't, and maybe it's because, I'm sure, maybe his lawyers are saying, but I've talked to a bunch of people, and nobody has even tried to talk to him. Would you want to talk to him? Yeah. What, I mean, do you think he what would? What would I ask him? And not only that is, what, what kind of interview subject is he going to be? Uh, you know what? Here's the interesting thing. I mean, my guess is he's going to be a different man than the guy you talked to you know, four years ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. And thinking off the top, what? but can you put on that mask quickly? And I wouldn't doubt it that he could. Right. You know, if he if it was a sit-down interview face-to-face, right. I would imagine he would, because of the audience that he's speaking to, put on the mask that he used to use when he dealt with us. Well, how were you? How was he when you dealt with him? Quiet. Not quiet, but, you know, on the move. Right. What's up, Aaron? Hey, what's up? Boom. He's on his way. 
Yeah. You know, just the only time I actually engaged him to a degree was, and this is an interesting journalistic quid pro quo that you go through with players um, to kind of show you how the sausage gets made. After he signed that deal, of course, he gave money back to the crafts Mm -hmm. because he's a benevolent guy. Um, You know, I sidled up to him and said, look, if you're ever doing anything with charities or you ever start a foundation or anything, you know, let me know. I'll be happy to to do anything because I'm sure that you'll be doing some of that stuff going forward. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing that. And I appreciate the offer. I think that was the only time we talked for more than 45 seconds. Really? Yeah. And what would you what were you saying in terms of tweeting something out or what what would you have done? What do you mean? What were you yeah, offering? Um, hey, I'm having this event. You know, you want to come out and cover this. <laughs> oh, so you like go, that, right. you know, you or, or make sure that people know about it in advance. I mean, that's the quid pro quo that right. exists in the way we do our business now, especially if you're kind of straddling between entertainment and television and the news gathering. You know, that's that's something you don't do if you're necessarily at the Globe, Herald, Providence Journal. Well, have you battled that? I mean, I know, you know, so I'll watch you, whatever, have a sandwich with Draw Mayo yeah. on TV or, you know, bullshit back and forth with McCordy on TV. Is there, was there ever any part of you that said, you know, I, I don't I don't know if I can do this necessarily? No. Or do you recognize ne- there's a difference? There was never a part. I do recognize there's a difference, but there was never a part of me that, that said, I don't think I could Is do it this. Is it called your coverage of these guys? Has it changed the no. way you've treated, you know? No, it hasn't. I don't think it has. No. Uh, but there are occasions, you know. Like you like Mayo. You consider Mayo a friend? Yeah, I do. An actual personal yeah, friend? Yeah, and, that, and that's that's the interesting thing. Can I've you always cover been... a guy who's your friend? No doubt. You can? I remember I wrote in 2011, the Super Bowl, when he was uh, beating yeah. for the touchdown to Cruz. I said, that's that's Gerard Mayo's fault. There weren't a lot of people saying that that was Gerard Mayo's fault. I thought right. it was his fault. You know, the ball zipped in over his head. He's supposed to be a coverage linebacker. Right. Should have been able to make that play. You know, did I write this year when he played... Here's the, here's what you end up doing. When the player plays well. You want to promote it. Yeah. I think I made a greater notice of the fact right. that when Mayo played well this year, mm-hmm. he was making an impact. I, I don't know why, I, but I wouldn't ignore when he you know missed tackles or over-pursued. Right. Um, but I think that, that that's what happens. You know, with McCordy, it's not it's not as much. I mean, he plays well. Right. When, but I remember in 2012, I was kind of the lone person out there on the beat who was really saying McCourty is is a serious problem in the secondary when he was playing corner. What was that, 13? 13? It was the the year the refs, yeah, it was 13. Maybe? Yeah, it was 2013. It was the year that they got beat by Baltimore down there in yeah. the replacement yeah, ref yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all right, 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 right. He had a right, shit right. game. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, but he's better in the position he was. But I, I haven't really shied away from it. And for the most part, unless they're really soft, these guys don't give a shit. Yeah. Are you, um, I mean, are you an entertainer? Isn't that a weird word to say? Like, I don't consider myself an entertainer. You are. Not really. Yeah, you are. I mean, I'm entertaining. There's no doubt. I'm like a regular. No, you're an entertainer. Engelbert Humperdinck. See, you. <laughs> I do a whole show. You're I a whole night. soupy sales over here. <laughs> yeah, I have a whole routine. I, I think that, no, you are an entertainer. What's entertaining about you is the unvarnished Kirk. Yeah. Sure. You know, and that, that's why coming in here, there was an element of anxiety that I had as to, okay, I don't listen to the podcast because I'm not a podcast guy. You should listen. I will. I'm surprised you're not a podcast guy. I like, I just listen to Sirius XM, yeah, well, First Wave, nonstop. Well, you, you listen to sports radio. Mm. First Wave? Mm. That's it? That's your that's your go-to that's Sirius it. channel? Yeah, 33 all the East time. East Radio. Huh? East Street Radio? Uh, yeah, that's on there, too. Yeah. But I'm going to be on 33. First Wave. Like, what's, give me a, before we get into what, why you He's nervous about me. the Smiths me. and, the, you know, the Smiths and the Cure. And... The replacements on there? Yeah. Did you see this new biography about the replacements? 
No. Just came out. I have it. It's 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 an actual hardcover book. I'll give it to you when I'm done if you want. It's good. This is you'll you'll be entertained by this. When I got out of school, I, I uh, was trying to figure out what I want to do as an English major at Saint Anselm, and I was taking care of lawns uh, for a period of time. Then I sold security systems, and I was back taking care of lawns, and was for a lawn care company in the Cape called the Lawn Company. Imaginatively right. enough, boy. And in the winter, we had to break down the trucks and clean the engines and clean the tanks. Right. So while we're under there, it's you know ten guys, fifteen guys breaking down the this? trucks. Nineteen ninety. Okay. Yeah, 1990. Yeah. So I'd be on there. I'd sing the whole day while I'm working on the truck. And this right. kid who was in a band, he goes, can you, you want to, he was like a, kind of a legitimate, he goes, you, you're a pretty good singer. Why don't oh, you God. come try out with us? <laughs> right. You know, sing for the band. So I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do that and uh, come down to the cellar and sing. So I, uh, he, he gave me a few different songs. One was a replacement song. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember exactly the tune. But anyway, went down, tried it out. I sucked. Didn't, didn't happen. And I also was not that solid on the words. I remember I sang Superman by R.E.M. too. And uh, so these guys are actually serious musicians. Right, and my buddies, you know, <clears throat> after I petered out on a couple of songs, <laughs> the other kid goes, so, there are any other songs you don't know the words to you want to do? <laughs> well, yeah, it was fun while it lasted. It's not for everyone. So no. you were anxious today coming in here? No, you weren't. You're laid back. There's no anxiety. Well, I don't know which direction you're going to go. You know, this third rail topics that I know that you will walk up to and, and poke and prod, and I don't want to get pushed onto those third rails. We're going to get there. But I mean, we're, at, we're at job protection stage right now for me. What do you mean? Yeah, you're 48 years old. You oh, have, I... you have a, a sophomore in college. You have a senior in high school. But I'm the one who's going to get in trouble, not you. But I'm going to get... You're not going to say it. What are you going to say? If we're holding hands, we jump off the bridge together. We're both getting in trouble. So, I mean, if you take me onto a third rail and I step on it. Such as? Oh, anything that would... See what I'm doing here? Yeah, I know. <laughs> see? He's producing, not me. So easily led. I did see a thing. Down the primrose path. Right. I'll ask you one. Um, do you have a problem? Did you ever... No problem with Mayo. That's fine. You like him. Did you ever have a problem with uh, uh, Kay Adams having a relationship with a player of the Patriots and being I think on that's a good question. I'm glad you bring that up. Uh... And that was kind of a third rail topic. It seems like a, it's a question that has to be asked. No doubt. Right. And this is what. And I don't know. Is to be fair, to I don't know her. Yeah, she's she's good at what she she's does. She's really nice. Yeah. She's good at what she does. She knows football inside and out. The interesting thing with Kay is that relationship was pre-existing. Okay. To her being in New England, when Danny was in St. Louis, she was in St. Louis. And they were. Um, they were together there. I don't know if they were together or they had a friendship. But it was never really. Okay. Outright stated. I didn't talk about it with right. her. And it was never outright stated. Like, I'm seeing Danny Amendola. I don't think it has even since, right? No. To my knowledge, I right? mean, she's, you know. She went to the ESPYs with him. She was on the float with him. She right. was hugging them after the Super Bowl. Yeah, but. Does that bother you? Not in the least. Well, how come? You asked me a little while ago if, if we are, if I'm an entertainer. Right. And I think while I toggle between news gatherer and quote unquote entertainer, making entertaining content and jumping around like a nitwit, um, I think Kay is more in the entertainment. She's not a news gatherer. Right. She's not an information gatherer. Um, so as a result, she can more closely step toward that line, whether it will be like with a uh, Samantha Ponder mm-hmm. or other people like that who, who cover the league. Now, the interesting thing is we never spoke about it. I never even asked if they were an item. You've never had that. But you're, are you friends with her or no? Oh, yeah. 
So like you're It's having, not my bit honestly. I know, but you ask friends about their relationships no. or whatnot. You don't not in that instance. No, but in friends in your life you do. Oh sure. What's going on? You're dating this guy, how's that going? Well you're what be- was the but the genesis of the relationship, the friend relationship with her was work. Right. So work is gonna come first. And if there is something that it arises later that calls into question anything not calls into question. That to me wasn't my business. Yeah, but it's not. Her relationship with Danny Amendola wasn't my business. My bosses were fine. And, and the relationship, I never asked about it. Right. You know? So I didn't care. Now, never did I pump her for information in terms of how's Danny feeling or what are they thinking. Just, was it ever offered or no? No. No? No. Like, for instance, I'll give you one for instance on yeah, this. Yeah, good. Last year, he had uh, a knee sprain. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a long standing. I think he missed one game with it. I never asked her how he was doing, and she never offered it. And then on a Saturday before they played Denver, I learned that you know he had made the trip, and it was a knee sprain. That was a specific injury, and I reported it. And uh, she just said to me, "Oh, you're good." Right. That was it. Because I wasn't going to ask her because it's not her position to be trading information about him. Um, and she's not him right so okay well, did you think that jess moran had to go who were both friends i mean you know i like her a lot but it seemed to me a situation where i don't think you can have both i think uh i think our higher-ups would be better positioned to answer that than i would they won't come on with me no i can appreciate that um i'll say this i think it could have been managed if they were ahead of it, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. You know, but then that would have required perhaps Jen leaving a beat that she enjoyed and was pretty good at, was very good at. I thought she was really good. So, she, and that's, that's, that's what's too bad about it. I agree. Is she was really good. She was incredibly watchable. She gathered good information. She got in and out of things well. She was good to have on the beat. Had she been ahead of it, perhaps. By saying, look, I now have a serious relationship with the manager. It's what's happened. What can we do about this? Then they could have figured something out. Yeah. But once someone else has unveiled that, there's the notion that there was something, quote, unquote, hidden, <clears throat> kept under wraps, covered up. So then you, you kind of hit critical mass. The uh, Yeah. The, um, so I had Jackie McMullen in here. Shit, three weeks ago, maybe? And she told a story about how she was offered money by a bank. They were going to basically do a commercial, like one of these commercials where you follow somebody around during a day. Like, oh, I'm this writer, and I'm busy, and I have kids, but luckily I have this, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, one of these stupid things. And she said she just couldn't do it. Ethically, she couldn't do it as a journalist. Mm-hmm. And she said she's probably she said she's probably stupid to, to do that, but that's the way she is. Uh, obviously, I do reads all the time, and now you do them, you know, as well. You have a bunch of commercials, that, you know, Dr. Leonard and all that stuff. Any issues with you there? You're just happy to do it. No, I'm happy to do it because Jackie is from a period of time in which the Boston Globe was the paragon of sports journalism and certainly competitive as as journalistically with any news portion. I mean, the best writing in the country, the best reporting in the country in any venue could have been found in the Boston Globe. What do you think of the Globe today? No one has read more Boston Globe information over the last 25 years until two years ago than me it, it front 
to back, front page to the very end of it, was exhaustively entertaining. What changed two years ago? I couldn't justify the home delivery for 60 bucks a month or whatever the hell it was. Or what, you don't read online now? I'm not going to sign up for the firewall. What has changed with it is it is gratuitously <laughs> slanted in so many different ways beyond the sports page right. that it becomes maddening to read. Which is sometimes what you do anyway. Well, this is what you do. I mean, it's what Howard Stern does. You know, well, you're maddening to right. listen to or watch or consume. But it got to the point where I just and, and then it was a little sloppy and it points through saying editing wise, just um, content wise, the writing was sloppy. paper itself or the sports page, the paper, the itself. whole paper, itself. the whole paper itself. Well, I agree their goal was to keep. You know, are you talking about particularly with the Zarniev stuff or just overall or just there's a overall yeah overall a slant since Henry took over, yeah. Yeah, that, and then now when I go and pick it up, and it's much skinnier paper, and you know the the living arts section is gone, totally gone. The metro section, you know, I used to enjoy. You know, you know, you're gonna get four or five sections, right? And I would enjoy them. I would read all of them. What do you think of the sports page? Um, it's lost. It's uh, whatever it had. Now that's an, now before you answer, that's partially inevitable if you think about it. If the globe had been around, I'm sorry if. If the 1984 Globe crew existed today, they wouldn't be there. They'd be all over the place. Somebody right. would go to ESPN. Somebody would go to Comcast. Somebody would go to the NFL Network. Right. Somebody would go. So, I mean, there's there's that part of it, too. But when I look at it now, there's – other than Shaughnessy, who I know you and I both had trouble with, but I still feel the need to read. It's yeah, part yeah. of my job. There's nobody there who I say, I got to read this guy today. When Bob Holmes was there. Excuse yeah. me, not Bob Holmes. Bob, Bob Duffy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. And one of the incredible – writers that has been in this right region over yeah. the last 30 years um he was writing um borges was there i mean borges was a compelling guy to read no question i don't know why borges was so much more compelling to read at the globe than he is <clears throat> you don't think he is at now the Herald. i don't think he's not compelling i just right. think when he was at the globe he was just fascinating you know he would make you think he would write stuff that you were thinking before you said it he was needlessly uh, caustic. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was, right. you know, he'd piss you off. He'd make you think, all those things. It, it's, it's just hard to continue that because there's so many viewpoints. There aren't so many rare viewpoints anymore. And Borges would bring you a rare viewpoint. Now with whether it's EEI, Comcast, Barstool, right. all the television, I can't come up with novel angles sometimes because somebody has spit it out by happenstance before I get to it. Yeah, that's that, that's true, and it's it's. But I will say this: it seems like so. You're 48. I'm 41. It does seem like guys younger than us are having a hard time not landing in in the media because there's a whole bunch of those guys. But people are struggling to make their mark, and part part of it, I think, is a lot of these guys are afraid to be a contrarian voice. You know, I see a lot of these guys who just sort of fall in like everybody else. And I can't tell one guy from another. That's a great do, you have, point. do you understand that? Yeah, I do. And, and here's the funny thing, because then you have people who are gratuitously contentious. Well, I get accused of that. I'm going to give you a for instance. With the Patriots covering that beat, I've covered Belichick since 2000. I've had um, press conferences in which he and I were in conflict. I've had great relation, you know, long phone calls with him. I've had times when I've asked him things that he really appreciated being. So I've had all kinds of different things. And I covered him when the team sucked. Mm -hmm. And I covered him when they got good. And I covered him during bleak periods. Mm -hmm. So he and I have a relationship. A lot of the guys who are coming up now, 
and who, there are some good writers, Kevin Duffy mm-hmm. um, from Mass Live and, and Mark Daniels, Projo, and Phil Perry, who I work with, is outstanding. He's going to go very far in this. And um, Doug Kite at, at Nesson, all these guys are working hard. Mm-hmm. But they've come to cover the Patriots post-2007 when it already is an established dynasty. And it's hard to question Belichick. And it's hard to ask contentious questions. It's going to piss him off. Additionally, the coverage of press conferences now have become some kind of performance as well. From Belichick. From Belichick, but also a critique of the questions that are being posed. Oh, no question. I do it. No doubt. And that, to me, is interesting because we look at Albert Breer, and I don't know if you saw the Pro Football Talk story. I read it, yeah. Yeah. I've known Albert since he was 16. He was an intern at Metro West when I was there. And Mm -hmm. I've talked to him throughout his career. He's a friend of mine. And I've advised him, helped him get jobs, everything else. There are points at which that was gratuitously contentious on Albert's part, I thought, during press conferences. And it wasn't so much that way until after when I perceived his appearances on radio or television were victory laps for what he did. Right. So I said, well, what element here was performance by him to gain a hard-questioning merit badge? Right. And what was really, hey, I need to know? Because sometimes it was needlessly contentious. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just Woodward and Bernstein stuff. Right. It was just being an agitator. Right. Um, so guys like us will say, he asked a tough question. Yeah, hey, at least Breer's out there. The other guys are afraid. And then when he would say that, hey, somebody asked to ask the tough questions, I'd feel like grabbing him by the throat. Right. And saying, who the f- are you to say that? Have you said this to him? Yeah. Yeah. What does he say? I'm not talking about you. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think he is. Same you. thing with Shaughnessy. That's where I flipped out on Shaughnessy. I remember this. This was at Comcast, right? Yeah. Were you there? Yes. Uh, yes. I think I was, actually. This was around two years ago? Two yeah. years ago? What happened? He was. He kept writing uh, the Patriots. Basically, he was calling the, the Patriots media the you know craft craft bot group. Right. And I'm not differentiating between whether he's talking about me or Mike Reese or Scott Zolak. First of all, do you think there's about. truth in the statement? No, no truth at all. I think there is a healthy fear. Isn't the right word. I think people are always looking for, I'm going to use the word again, third rail. I don't right. want to step on that third rail. It's going to piss them off. Well, you, like you just mentioned th- those, those four guys. And Phil, I know because I've seen him at Comcast once or twice. The other three guys I've seen on Twitter, but I don't know who they are. Is that, is that should I be, should I, my question is, I guess, no. from the business that I do, I want to know who they are, right? Mm-hmm. But should I really know who they are? If they're, if they're guys on the beat, keeping their head down, like Karen, who I think does a great job, knows football inside and out, but she's not ever going to, you know, whatever, set the dialogue for the city for a day mm-hmm. or, or set the city on fire. But that's okay if you're a good, solid B person. Is that what I should be looking for? Or should I be looking for a shit stirrer? You need both. Right. You need both if you're going to be able to do it. But and, don't you and, think Shaughnessy and Ron are essential? Yes, I do, because it invites the dialogue. Right. And that's why for the general populace, it's great that Shaughnessy would call it, you know, the craft sports, you know. Right, so go ahead. Whatever. Yeah. But for me specifically... Mm-hmm. I take that as a blanket statement about the media is in the pocket of the Patriots and aren't going to push back on them. Sure. And I certainly think that I've done that plenty of times over the years. So you went to him? So I said something on the radio, and he said, you got a problem with me? And I said, you know, yeah. I said, you write something like that. I said, that, that calls when it's like, I'm not talking about you. I said, so who are you talking about? Reese, who I've known, again, since 1997, is one of my best friends. Right. 
and because Reese was involved with ESPN Boston, which was tied in with the tied in with crafts, crafts. right? So he the outgrowth of the conversation was he felt media members don't call out media members. Period. And I said, look, I was never part of that fraternity. I was making thirty five thousand dollars a year when everybody was a union member at the Globe Herald and and uh, Providence Journal, and I couldn't get a friggin' job, and I had three kids at home. I worked as hard as I could to get to a paper like that so I could move along. So I have no agreement. I was not part of any fraternity with everyone that said, this can't be done. This isn't the way we do things. I like them, but if you throw an arrow, shoot an arrow across at me, and it lands near me, and I perceive it as being an attack, I'm going to go back. Right. And that's the same issue we had. I mean, it's the exact same issue we had. I mean, I would go on the air, and I was a little stronger. I would call him, like, you know, Dickless Dan and all this stuff. And he That did, is stronger. And he, and he didn't like it. And we had a conversation about it. The one thing I'll say about Chauncey is he'll talk about it. There are other guys who would just yeah. never, they'll just hate you. No, he'll, he'll talk about it, but he I mean, feels, I know he feels yeah. awfully persecuted for somebody, by, who's, yes. for somebody who can throw so much crap. And yes. I remember I said this to him. I said, Dan. I read every single word in the Boston Globe sports section over the course of, you know, my adult life. Right. I remember what you wrote after Reggie Lewis died. I remember when you called Dave Gavitt Teflon Dave. Right. I remember all those things. Yeah. And I remember, so to get pissed at me for things that I say after you've said something about our media contingent and question the professionalism, that pissed me off. Same thing with Felger. I mean, when, when Felger... After I reported on the Welker stuff a little bit and, and was able to divine exactly the timeline and said, you know, the Patriots had signed, this is 2013, the Patriots had signed Amendola before Welker was that Wednesday. Right, it was the same a, day, yeah, It was yeah, a big yeah, song and yeah, dance, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he wasn't really even, you know, I put that out there, and he and Tony questioned it that, and said it was, you know, a planted story, propaganda right. for the Patriots. That's on Comcast simulcast into my office. <laughs> right. That they're saying my story is shit. So, yeah, I flipped out yeah. on both of them. What did they say? On the air or off the air? I don't remember. I flipped out on Tony off the air. Who you've probably known forever. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I... And Felger, too. Yeah, I talked to Mike, too. Yeah. Um, and what do they say? Uh, I like Felger. I think he's... And I don't dislike Tony, but I, I, I just think Felger is unapologetic, has it figured out, how he's going to do things and stays very married to it. And that's what is uh, respectable about it. Now, he hates to be, he hates to be demonized the way he is. Why does everybody get pissed at me um, when I'm just trying to do the job? But again, give you another guy. When you talk about the Patriots have made money for people, Michael Felger makes money for people. Of course. He's made a lot of money for people. Sure. So I think that uh, it's it's interesting when you look at the way all this shit works. Am I babbling too much? No, this is what we do. Do you enjoy? Because uh, I've done some shows with you, not a, not a lot. I got to take a week soon. What do you mean? I have to urinate. Well, you have to hold it in for another ten or fifteen minutes. You're you fucking, don't have a pause button. You're a fucking grown man. You know how much water I drink? You're forty you years old. You got to hydrate. I mean, I had this coffee. I had yeah, you this just coffee. Pissed. You pissed. I, last time I pissed, you pissed forty five minutes. Do you know how ago. much water I had before I came in here? Day. 25? You piss 25 times a day? I'm going to piss. How many, is... hours, how many hours sleep do you get a night? Nine. You sleep nine hours a night? <laughs> I have a sleeper. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> so you're up. Let me do this. Man, carry the one. You're up 15 hours a day. You going to go now to the urinate? I do. All right, we'll pause it. I don't even know how we pause it. We haven't paused it yet.
we're back. We're back on. Let me just let me just. The one thing you have always done whenever you're at Comcast is whenever whenever I was there is you would wander over, wander over to me and say, "Take a deep breath before you go in there." And I would go in there, whether it was Haggerty or Gresh or whatever, and I would do my stupid shit, dumb thing, and I would walk back out, and you would be there like my dad, just shaking your head. You would just shake your head and you know walk away. At least you tried. I'll say that. At least yeah. you tried. It's just because. Uh... I but, could, I, but I take it so I take everything so personally, and I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't, but I do. Do you understand it's entertainment too, though? Yes, I mean I understand. See, the reason what you do is good because you know it's entertainment. You know, just be unvarnished, and it's it's going to be very entertaining yeah, as opposed to antiseptic. Up, but I'm going to wind up working at uh, Cape Cod. Uh, what was it? Where the hell did you work? Oh, the Barnstable Patriot. No, the friggin' uh, oh lawn company. I'll be the lawn company. It's, yeah, it's going to end very spectacularly and poorly. Did you? I don't think it will. I don't. I mean, I've thought that before, that it might, but I don't think it will. Eh, it probably will. You're still, I mean, you're not like Bubba the Love Sponge. I mean, you're, <laughs> no, you're no, going to be I fine. I don't think it's going to end like that. No. You've done a lot of sports talk radio. I've seen you. Your name's out. Whenever a job opens up, your name is always in the mix. Mm-hmm. You're one of these guys. I've worked with you enough. I would have a number of concerns. Let's just say that John or Jerry, you know, dropped dead today. Sure. God willing. And uh, and they said, God you know, willing. And they said, <laughs> and they said, uh, and they said, you know, threw some names at me. And they said, what about Tom? What about Curran? I would say, great guy, love him, fantastic. I think he'd do a great job. Here's my one number one concern. Go ahead. Could he hang in there for four hours a day, five days a week, without you know his eyes rolling out of his head? Fair criticism, no doubt. And I can be a real dick with that. Unfortunately, I get impatient with other people who are trying to. Do the job as it needs to be done right. on a down day, on a quiet so day when there's I, nothing yeah. to talk about. Right. I can be a real um, baby about it. You know, I don't want to talk about this. I don't think, I think that's stupid. What are we doing that for? Nobody cares. I Which is trying thing. to create something. On the air, I do it. And that's being a baby. You know, yeah, it's not understanding. You know, entertaining if it's true. Would you want to do it or no? I can't do four hours. I mean, I would have to be a different person. I'm very, uh, you know, you have to put on. A lot with radio. You, you have to put on for four be, hours. You, you have to generate enthusiasm. Yeah, you got to be on. Yeah, you know, you know. That's why I think it's hard. That's why I think Felger's really good as he moves the show along. You know, he, it gets moving. It's quick, rapid fire conversation. Nothing stays stagnant. And I'm not, you know, saying that other shows don't, but uh, I don't like idle conversation. And then on other points, I do. I right. like some in-depth stuff. I like to hear sociological conversations. I really do. Right. You know, I, I, I'm not a right-wing guy. I'm not a conservative. Um, but I think there's a lot of meat on the bone there. See, it doesn't get chewed on. See, for me, I just can't already. I've been doing it for whatever, four years. And, like, I can't. There's a limit to how much actual, like, recap and preview I can do on the air. I mean, it's I can't just, rail I just... about Craig Kimbrell today. You know, I can't. I, I mean, I could spend a half an hour complaining about Marcus Smart. Right, but I mean, I just can't get I can't get fired up about some friggin' closer that they just signed, giving up a two run home run last right. night for forty five minutes because it's April twenty fifth. Yeah, I don't give a crap what he looks like now. But you have to though. Have to have to act like it's the end of the world, and that's where I think Maz has a hard time. Is everything's a five alarm fire with him? Well, I think. Yeah, I mean, am I, I not? I, I could talk about them huh, over okay. there on this podcast. Um, right? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's tough because you want to be able to at least have some basis of reason, but we'll get you out of here soon. We'll get you out of here. Sorry, just check it. Um, but the problem, the problem with it is like being measured right now 
it feels like it gets you nowhere, and it feels like you're just standing around. Yep. So the question is, you know, you try and be reasonable as much as you can, but after a while you say, you know, why am I pretending I actually feel this way? Like right now I think, I've been saying it for the last two weeks, they should fire Farrell. I think he's a shitty manager, mm. and he's costing them games. Uh, so should they wait till some pretend 40 game mark that people used to talk about in like 1976 where everyone got together and agreed it's 40 games? Or since he's actually costing them games now, if he was a left-handed setup guy and he sucked, he was costing them games, they get rid of him. But because he's the manager, they shouldn't get rid of him. So now I'm saying they should fire the manager, and people are saying that's overreacting. Well, if you really believe it, is it overreacting? No, never. You know, I don't know. I, I, but, or am, I, no, being, if, or am no. I searching for it? I wonder sometimes. No, no, no. If you really, I mean, you just laid out the reasons that you feel that way, right. so it's not false. Yeah. It's the same thing with Deflategate. You know, do I, some of the best writing that I've done over the last 10 years was that because I really believe that they were getting boned. You definitely read the passion. Yeah. They were getting boned. Right. Now, do I think that there is a percentage chance that at some point Tom Brady and the equipment men might have relieved some footballs of air pressure if they felt that they were too heavy coming out of the officials' room? Yeah, I mean, this, there's enough smoking gun evidence in terms of the text that at least puts that seed of uh, curiosity in my mind. There's been a lot enough murmurs away from things to, to indicate it. But on that night, no. You don't have a smoking gun portion of evidence. Are you surprised at how... Poorly ESPN handled it in the last year, starting yeah. from Morrison all the way. I mean, there's eight different, whatever, yeah. 20 different yeah, things. I mean, it, do you... Yeah, it was embarrassing. Did Up you, to and through the Don Van Natta, Seth Wickersham story. That, that to me was, that was a 10,000-word tome that started out as a really well-positioned dissertation on... The, the news there was that a cabal of owners... Right went after the Patriots and because said, of 2007. Said, we don't care if there's nothing. We want to fuck these guys over. That's the friggin' story that that should have... And it came in, like, at the end of the story. It started a little bit at the beginning, right. and then we had 6,000 words on Patriots appa- apparently rifling through trash for opposing teams' game oh, Gatorade. Was that the Gatorade one or yeah, no? Yeah, it was yeah, Spike and Gatorade or whatever, right. warm Gatorade right. And, right. and rifling... No, that was actually SI. That was I Rosenberg, I think. That was SI had the, the Gatorade. Rosenberg's the guy who wrote that they built the... The yeah the screen whatever the, the hell. screen so the yeah which he did we had him on the next day and he's like oh I, we we said that doesn't make any sense he's like oh yeah I never thought of that I'm like well, well oh. he's it's funny he's in the pocket of Ryan Grigson right. oh really yeah I yeah. mean he wrote a long fawning oh, big Greg Grigson piece lead uh, story feature on Grigson last year for SI so I mean these different allegiances that exist. Right. But then, uh, but the then, backdrops to it. But then you get tied in as a guy who's pro patriots because yep. you write, you know, pro patriots on this. Yep. Now, if the patriots were guilty, my guess is that you would write about how they're guilty. No. Yeah. And if the, you had a piece of evidence that came to you today, let's just say you just got a text that said, "Listen, I got this." You know, McNally wants to talk to you, and he wants to bear his soul and say that they're guilty. I'm guessing you're going to write that yeah, story. You're going to write that story. Have you tried to contact those guys? Yes. Yeah. How's and that gone? You can't get through. You can't get them. No. Where this. Where they're just gone. I mean, they're around, though, right? Underground Railroad. Yeah, they're they're yeah. gone. I mean, they're around. And you know, there's, you know, I think Jastrzemski uh, is is a more sympathetic figure than McNally. Yeah, it seems that way. You know, he was there for 25 years or whatever, and right. you know, he had gone through an illness. He had just gotten married, um, and then this kind of blew up on him. And I think that what's interesting is uh, Brady's allegiance to them has been significant. Is kind of an untold story of this. I can't, you know, we have Brady on every week. You know him 
much, much better than I do. I've only met him a few times. Brady, Brady's whole group around him is starting to creep me out a little bit. You know, Guerrero freaks me out a little bit. I know him really well. Yeah, I know you do. I know you wrote your whole thing. You know, this, that stuff bothers me. It just seems insulated, and it seems not connected to the public. I don't know. Brady seems like he's – put it this way. What's Brady like now versus uh, – forget 2000 or 2001. What's he like now versus, say, two, 2006 or 2008? How much has he changed to deal with? What he's like now today compared to what he was like in on January 5th, 2014 is – 180 degree turn right you know for 14 seasons his 08 and 2014 early 2014 before deflategate tom brady was the same guy at least as far as i was concerned right i wanted to talk to him i could talk to him sidle up to him have a conversation he'd be available at his locker um for casual conversation a question or two for a story shoot the shit about your kids um Ask him a thing or two. You know, have a relationship. Last year he was a moving target. It's gone now. Gone. Right. He would he would not stay in the locker room. Um, he would not really engender long conversations. He'd be cordial, right? But on the move, and that's too bad. But um, I wouldn't worry about that coterie of people around him. I think that he has become more monomaniacal. The thing with Guerrero, though, and I know you wrote about it, and I read sure. it, and you worked out there. But you're not in business with him. No. You know, this is a guy who has built money out of people, has run a, a cancer scam. It's different. You want to go there and get your shoulder worked on, whatever it was, fine. Brady's a business with this guy. I think and the I way that— Brady and I had—I I don't think we ever really— Let's look at the Guerrero story that the Globe wrote. There were two different ways to slant that. One well, the Boston Magazine Excuse me, the Boston Magazine yeah. wrote. Uh, there were a couple different ways to slant that Boston Magazine piece. Mm-hmm. And if you look again, Boston Magazine— um, you know, has had a slant that whether yeah, they've definitely the crafts right. or, or this. So if you look at what was the context of the cancer bilking operation, what was his level of involvement, mm-hmm. Guerrero's, and why if he was a founding member of this group who was bilking people out of money for cancer, was he only fined $60,000 or give us your escalade? But he also did it separately, too. This is not the only time he did But this. let's just stick with right. that one. Yeah. So he wasn't nearly, and he this was a long time ago when he wasn't really very established. So somebody in a bigger organization brought him under. Had to do, I know you're having a hard he time with this. He was still an adult man when he did this. Oh, yeah. He was in his 30s. I he mean. basically explained it to me as it was framed differently to him right. than the way it was presented it, when it actually went out. Was there a chance that he's just selling you a bill of goods? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know. I mean it's not like he, he's a lifelong friend. I've known, you're not cutting this guy a I've check if for, he's going for to five business. years, but yeah. Right. I mean. No. I think that Tom Brady's instincts over the course of time, and he's worked with Guerrero since 2005, so right. that predates things. I think that Brady's instincts, his upbringing, what, what he's been all about over the course of his career and life, really, um, speaks pretty well of his ability to judge people. So if somebody's around him, are they going to be spotless and pristine? Not necessarily in every instance, but I do believe that Brady's instincts have been good. So to reflexively look at people around Brady and say, well, I'm worried about these people. I don't mean worried. It just seems Scientology-ish. Okay, that's fair. It seems, I know, obviously I don't mean from a religious perspective. No, 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 but I understand. It's cultish. It's it's a little cultish. 
Even the guy like Leibovich, who I think has now fallen into this world, he's mm-hmm. going to write a book. I don't know, the book's not with Brady, right? No, I don't think Brady's no. cooperating. But, you know, he wrote the New York Times story, never mentioned anything about Guerrero. He's, now he's writing a book about Brady. The whole world seems like that. Scientology is the word I keep going back to. Yeah, I, I, I think cultish and Cult, whatever, yeah, is, yeah. is good, too. But, because, you know, there becomes a level of loyalty that you have to the person mm-hmm. because of who they are and how they are, but also because well, they help take care right. of your livelihood. Correct. And there's the added non-monetary aspect of being involved and close to someone who is who Tom Brady is. Mm-hmm. is a historic sports figure. I mean, that's when you look at it, you know, my obituary will say covered the 2000, you know, covered the Patriots during Bill Belichick's sure. thing, if somebody even writes an obituary. Is is there any party you ever that wants to go up to Belichick and just say, "What the fuck?" I mean, yeah. can you just can we just both we're yes. both men. Can can we just have a can you just answer questions? Yes. That's never yeah. happened? Um You know, I don't think I've ever said that. I mean, to not, him. you know what I mean. No, but I would say that to him. Yeah. I would have no problem. Well, how was he versus 11 years ago? 6 years ago. Comes and goes. The same way he used to. Yeah. Uh, I'm not know, talking about he has the, some he has some terrific press conferences. I'm not talking about the Fridays where he talks about Mark Bavaro. I'm talking about, you know, just as a guy. He uh, uh, he's he's much more relaxed. Yeah, he's much easier to deal with. He's really? much more. Yeah, he's much easier to deal with in, in a lot of different different ways. Does he read everything? Yeah, everything I think he does. You think he reads everything? If so, he doesn't, I would imagine Birch, Birch Jerry right. does. Are there people? So there are just writers he flat out just hates, or no? I think that they might make their decisions pretty quickly on whether or not somebody is to be taken seriously or not. Like they, I don't think if somebody writes something negative, they become an enemy of the state. I think if the Patriots themselves feel that somebody has worked diligently, tried to figure out what the frig is going on, and then writes the story, they're okay with it. You mean like the Chandler Jones stuff? I'll give you – yeah. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that would be a good instance. I mean, what did you do – and that's the difference is during that period of time when you didn't know exactly what was going on, what were you writing, what were you pushing forward in those hours on your blogs, in your right. information, with your Twitter account? What were you pushing forward? Or did you wait? Did you wait to find out? So I'll give you an interesting, for instance, with Belichick. In 2005, Brady was locked in a a contract squabble Mm -hmm. with the team that no one really knew about. He wanted more guaranteed money. He wanted $26 million. They were offering him 22. Okay. And I wrote that story. Where were you then? I was at Providence. Okay, Projo, yeah. And there was a problem going on. Because, you know, I wrote the story. I said, here's a hang-up. Well, no one had reported on any kind of hang-ups. No one had said there was any kind of problem. Yes. Yeah. You know, Brady hadn't said it. Belichick hadn't said it. So I tried to contact both Scott Pioli and Belichick before I wrote it. Um, but I, And Brady's agent. And I wrote it. And then <clears throat> Belichick, you know, called me the next day. And he wasn't pissed, necessarily. But he goes, you know, that's a story that, you know, you got to give us a shot on. You know, you got to give me a shot to explain it. You can't just right. write that without giving us a shot. That's not really fair. Wasn't pissed. Didn't right. hold a grudge. It's a reasonable. Just basically said, you know, right. I said, well, I did try. I tried Scott. And I tried, yeah. You know, yeah. He goes, well, you know, it has it has implications. Is he do still that. doing that now? Or has he just moved on? To, he, if that thing happened today, would he even call you? Or is he just sort of? Yeah. He, he would. would yeah. He would have. He would. He would want to have a conversation if he 
but he wouldn't lose his mind about it. Right. And if he didn't talk to me, he wouldn't give a crap either. Are you at the point now, career-wise, and we'll let you go. I'm sure you have to urinate. It's been almost, no, thir- it's good. It's been almost 13 minutes. I'm no, sure I got it all. What do you do for a long drive? You're in the car for six hours. No, 40, most of my, oh, then I'd take, take a piss when I need to take a piss. You, you pull, pull over, over like five times? I don't use like a Gatorade bottle? I had, look, and this is Guerrero. You have to drink half of your weight no, don't, don't in try, water Don't look at me eyes when you're, don't try and get me. Don't do this. Half don't, of don't your weight in water every day. Yes. Do you have any aches and pains? I'm okay, and I run every single day. So how much water do you drink? I drink a pretty fair amount of yeah, water. Yeah, you weigh about 137 pounds. About 170. All right, so you should yeah. be drinking 100 ounces a day if you're exercising. I can't drink that much. Yeah. I would never. I, can't, I, I get up every day at 3.30. I can't get up at 1.30 and piss. My five-hour sleep, not all of us sleep 12 hours. Like You're like frigging De Niro in The Untouchables where people bring a newspaper to you after you sleep for 12 <laughs> hours. Some of us have to live a life, you know. We're not kings of uh, industry. I need this spatula to get me out of it. But I'm telling you, if you drink more water, you'll be in a better mood. But I drink. I try to drink 100 ounces a day. So I didn't drink any water before I got here, but then I guzzled a whole a shit ton in the car. Yeah. I have this big bubble cooler, and I drank a bunch of the water. This Ben. Somebody okay. die? We're going to have to let you go here, Tom, uh, I think uh, pretty quickly, actually, because I think you have some work to do here uh, very fast. We'll let you. Uh, All right, thanks. We'll let you get going. Let me just say this real quick. We got about thirty seconds to go. As big news breaks, about four years ago, five years ago, I was at Gillette. You pulled me over aside, and I was pretty new to radio, pretty new to writing. And you're one of the few guys that said, "Hey, you're doing a good job. I like what you're doing." It meant a lot to me. Not a lot of guys did that, so I've always appreciated that. I probably haven't told you that. Ah, oh, you're very well. But I've always appreciated that. Now you do that for a lot of young guys. So uh, thanks for coming. I think you might have some work to do now. Shit. All right. Thanks. Get on it. This See is ya. great. See you. Thanks for listening to Enough About Me with Kirk Minahan. If you want more great podcasts, it's pretty easy. You go you can go to the WEI mobile app. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to iTunes. You can look up Enough About Me with Kirk Minahan. You can find the ones with Sean McDonough, Bob Ryan, Dan Shaughnessy, David Portnoy. There'll be more. And what you can do when you like them, you write a review. That'll help us out a lot. You give us a rating. We can help you. You can help us. Get that done. Do it right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.